Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Beer Show with Chris Reavers and Mike Fratelloni. That's right, it's the special 4th of July edition of the Beer Show here on Score North and, of course, online. We are scorenorth.com. Happy 4th of July and happy anniversary to you, boys. Uh, we always kind of think of 4th of July. That's our that's our anniversary. It's when we got our thing started. Yeah. Mike Fratelloni, Ryan from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. So happy anniversary, boys. You Thank you. Super exciting. Six now, years. So you did, okay, because we were confused. <laughs> we thought seven, but we, we decided on six. I'm just, I was getting ahead of it, I think. And, okay. and I said seven, but then I realized, you know what? Uh, it was 2013, not 2012. I'm just so used to thinking sure. 2012 because that's when our store launched in November of 2012. Uh, okay, but, uh, makes sense. But uh, yeah, we we launched the show. It was Fourth of July weekend of 2013, and got it. Six years later, because I always I always kind of equate it to my oldest son's age because he was very very young when we started doing the show. Yeah. So that's why I totally bought seven years because he's seven years old. Well, so much has happened in the scene too. Oh, it man. feels like it's been a decade, doesn't it? I yeah, mean, it's just it's it's almost like uh, dog years in this business sometimes. But uh, you know what we exciting. need is we need a producer who could go back and find the best of the best stuff we said <laughs> through all of those shows. Who would like to pay that producer? Yes, <laughs> none of us. Because I don't have a budget. Well, um, it was very funny because right after our fifth anniversary last year Reavers started saying yeah we're over six years and I was like wait you're yearning us out so oh, I think gotcha. I think we got it right now yeah. alright so let's get to the featured guest this week let's do it right away uh, a familiar face uh, and, and a voice to the uh, the fans that listen to the beer show uh, Goose Island is our highlighted brewer uh, this week right yeah they're on the show with us they're our featured beer of the month for both stores throughout the month of July huge deal and uh and fantastic beer from Goose Island always, but they have 15 packs now. I don't know if you guys have seen those out there, but no. um, doing some really cool things in in that in that size package. And we've got all of those beers that are available in the 15 packs for just twelve dollars and ninety nine cents throughout a steal. the month. Yeah, so I mean, you're talking. We you know sometimes when we can get craft beer down to like a buck a beer, that's yeah, a that's big pretty thing. Good deal. We're talking you know far less than that. Um, so that's on throughout the entire month. We've got we've got Tina and Reese representing for Goose Island in studio with us tonight. Welcome back to the show, guys, and uh, interested to hear what's uh, what's what else is happening with Goose. Yeah, we're excited to be here. So I have to start the conversation this way, in that um, I always get asked, you know, what's your favorite, you know, new IP? I, I'm going to say this right now. Next Coast is my go-to right Go now. My, my my summertime go-to IPA is Next Coast IPA, and I'm not joking. So tip of the cap, it's a great beer. It is a great beer. What do you like about it? It's simple. I, I, I just equated it. It's a, it's a very simple IPA that you can drink when it's 900 degrees outside. Okay, so this is Tina talking. Now, remember, yes. she was a brewer. Yes. Right? So now she's in sales for Goose Island, but she brewed. So when you taste something from Goose Island, can you can you walk the brew away? Like, can you figure out how they built that when you're tasting these beers? I mean, with, with the help of the, the sell sheet, list. I guess. Yeah, yeah the ingredient okay. list. Absolutely. Um, and I mean... This is a beer I've been drinking all summer as well, all mm-hmm. spring and summer. Uh, I guess one of my favorite things about it is that drinkability. Um, 
you know, it's uh, you get everything you want in an IPA, all of that hop flavor and aroma up front and then very low bitterness on the back end, which just keeps you wanting more um, kind of dangerously easy to drink, you know, because mm-hmm. you can sit, can sit there and have a few of them. Um, it's a sneaky 7%. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. taste like it at all. It's That's got that so nice weird. Body. It is. <laughs> it's weird that you said that, like, you get all that flavor in the front and then you don't have any of the IBUs. Well, Six years ago, when we started this, it was like, then you get 104 IBU. I mean, <laughs> I, do you think that's just changed? Is Because when I taste this, it's super easy finish, right? Just super easy. Is that is that the world, Tom, Just ch- or Ryan? Is that just changing or what? Yeah, I think, I think you know, in, in Reavers, you can attest to this too. I feel like there's a, there's a whole new segment of beer drinkers that have kind of opened up to hoppy beers because it's not just associated with bitterness now, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about different flavor profiles, a mm-hmm. lot of those, uh, you know, tropical fruits and things like that, where you can get uh, a, a piece of what hops bring to the table without that kind of like, you know, teeth stripping bitterness that, that we used to really get excited about. I know? think and, I'm the test pancake for that. I really do. Because, yeah. you know, when we started doing the show... I was very new to craft beer, and I noticed that I there were certain flavors and certain profiles that I just didn't really care for all that much. But that's why I like a beer like Next Coast because, as as Tina just mentioned, it's giving you everything you want in an IPA. It's 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 very smooth to the finish, but at the same time, from a price point standpoint, it's a, it's an absolute go to for sure. Yeah, I love this beer right now, and you know I. Being originally from Chicago and and living there throughout most of my twenties, I'm a huge fan of Goose. You know, I I, I still love the standard IPA, mm-hmm. but the things that they're doing right now, innovation wise, within that category, and and we're gonna talk about some other beers that they do too, uh, is really cool. You know, yeah. and and it's it's nice when you have a brewery that has those classics, those go tos, those staples that that. Uh, the, the scene was kind of built on, but then they're able to, to push the envelope with some of these uh, these new creations, too. Reavers, I know, um, took a trip to go to the brewery and ended up going <laughs> to, like, the shipping yard. <laughs> He's like, well, this is not the tap room. Yeah. Wasn't that it? Something like we, that? We, I was there uh, for the... Thank you very much. I was there for the, uh, the Big Ten tournament when it was in Chicago. It was me, my dad, and my three uncles. <laughs> Uh, my dad does All not excited drink. to drink. My dad does not drink anymore, but my uncles do, and so we like to hang out. And uh, a former employee of Goose was nice enough to set up a brewery tour and everything else. And we went to the wrong spot, and we only <laughs> had a little bit of a window between games to go do this, and we went to the wrong one. And that. So where did you go? Uh, well, it wasn't the main one. It was a side brewery and i forget where, it's like where they stored the empty kegs well, no, they, they, they were but they weren't open was the problem because sure. this was a sunday morning or whatever it was that we were there and i thought well this really stinks i was looking forward to that but yes thanks for bringing that You're up welcome. Like, I, I, I always appreciate that about maybe you. next time you right. next time <laughs> so ryan mentioned a, a, a number of the beers I, I there's a couple that i'm seeing in front of me that i am not terribly familiar with and i'd like to hear more about it yeah so i uh, just passed around some samples of paper umbrella which is another ip that just came out uh, last week, actually. So very similar to Next Coast in mm-hmm. that you get all of that hot flavor and aroma up front and then that minimal bitterness on the back end. So this one's only 4.5%. Um, it is a tropical IPA. Oh, boy. So uh, I, get a lot of, I get a lot of pineapple on the nose and a little bit of coconut in the flavor. And there's no pineapple or coconut in the beer. That's just flavors that come naturally from the hops that are used. Kind of a mix of there's some South African hops um, Sabro is uh, a hop variety. I think kind of got its got going actually in New Mexico of oh, all really? places, and that's kind of where some of that coconut 
um, kind of flavor and aroma will come from. But again, super light, easy drinking. Uh, it's paradise in a can. Nice. You do a great job describing your beers. Now, when you're out on a sales call and you know someone's going to take Goose Island because it's a huge brand and you get all deep brewer dork on them, do they say, <laughs> my God, I'm, I'm already taking it, Tina? Or you're like, no, 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 no. But let me tell you about the genus of this hop. <laughs> but wait, the malt we use. Do you, do you ever uh, find yourself going awfully deep? Uh, so Which yeah, is cool, it's, it's right? That's what we're it's about. Easy, it's easy for me to do. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of very educated, you know, yeah, folks out, in the out, there, yeah. out in the market, yeah. you know, buyers, uh, managers, um, you know, they sometimes before I even tell them, they're asking me what, what kind of hops well, are in and this And that's one. the kind of thing I appreciate because, you know, I'm a person that's still learning a lot, and especially with this show every week, that I, I want as much information as possible. And I'm not even a, a, a person that's, you know, wholesaling or buying or whatever, but I if I was, I sure would appreciate that. Right? I, I bet you're the same way as a guy that's running two liquor stores. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, with Tina's background, it's really cool to just kind of talk to her and pick her brain about these beers on that level because you can't do that with every sales rep you know mm-hmm. everyone's got their strong suits but but tina kind of has the total package in terms of you know her background in brewing and and blending um and we can say where she was right are you all right with that yeah 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 and so, she was a brewer at indeed that is a huge huge deal right and that's not um a tap room that opened up four days ago on west 7th that has four seats indeed's a huge maker of really successful beer I, absolutely. I mean, I feel like they're uh, they're one of the bigger local craft ba- brands, you know, in Minnesota, and they've now expanded to Wisconsin, right? So, I mean, they're sure. they're growing. But you know, Tina, you making that leap from more of a, a local brewery to now uh, Goose Island and, and with national or even an international presence. Uh, yeah. Um, how has that been? Is that is it? How what 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 has that been like in terms of you know going to uh, a brewery outside of Minnesota? Well, I've been fortunate fortunate enough to have a lot of friends at Goose Island and know a lot of people out there. Um, you know, it, it, I think it was kind of an easy transition, I mean, at least as far as the, uh, the, the product and the beer goes, because, I mean, Goose is, you know, goose. it's up there. It's <laughs> Goose. It's like it's unmatched as far as, you know, as, as quality goes and consistency. And, you know, like you already talked about, um, you know, they have the – 312 and, you know, the IPA, which is a recipe, an award-winning recipe for Goose that's been around for forever. Um, and that and that's great. And that still does fantastic. But, you know, some of these new, more innovative seasonal stuff, um, you know, some kind of fun one-off stuff, um, it's great that they're not, they're able to do more than, you know, those tried and true. Sure, it's yeah. not just their base. Ryan, how much of your sales and beer are coming from one-offs or limited releases? I mean, is it because I, I used to picture the beers that I drank were always the same beers. I drank the yeah. same thing all the time. But now it seems like every brewery is coming out with stuff that's in the market for two months and gone. Yeah. Is that like 30% of your beer business, 50%, 10%, 2%? It's 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 a fair amount these days. Okay. You know, uh I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's uh more than a quarter. Sure. But that that quarter is big, you mm-hmm. know, and and margins. Yeah, and, and the mar- the margins are bigger for everybody too, because they're just they're in and out so fast. And sure. they, you don't you know, it's not like selling, you know, twelve packs of summit EPA or something like that where uh, you know, there's there's a there's plenty to go around. Sure. So we see we see that that trend continuing to rise. However, I think that, you know, you, you want to be positioned to play whatever comes your way. Mm-hmm. I think being nimble in this in, the, in this current market is the most important thing. So to have those staples is still really important. If your business is completely built upon hype and, and one-offs, 
you know, a, a, a sudden market change can really put you into a tailspin. So I think that, you know, breweries like Goose are well positioned in that way. They, they kind of understand how the how the game is being played right now. Goose Island Brewing Company is the guest here on the Beer Show, courtesy of our friends at Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Two tastings per usual this weekend, this Friday, from 5 to 7 p.m. at the South Minneapolis location at Hiawatha and 42nd. And then this Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. at the White Bear Lake Store, Highway 61, 4th Street, downtown White Bear Lake. You can sample Goose Island, and you get to do it for free. Yeah, for and there's free, a lot to sample free. right now. I mean, maybe we should just really quickly run through you know, the gamut. What, what's Let's run the gamut. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. So um, we just sampled the Paper Umbrella, nice tropical uh, IPA. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Paradise in a Can is a great way to describe this beer. Only 4.5%. Super crushable for summertime. Um, nice low bitterness. Makes it very drinkable. Um, right behind that, we got Next Coast. Um, it's been out for a little while. That beer has been crushing it, actually, at Target Field. Oh, yeah. I have a question. Is that year-round or is that a seasonal, Next Coast? Next Coast is year-round. It is year-round. Okay. Yep. Good decision, by the way. Yes. <laughs> it sells really well. Maybe we should keep making this year-round. That's what I love about this industry is it's like you have little guys get to try it in their tap room, and then everybody orders it, and they're like, well, let's make it a seasonal. And then they sell out in four days, and then they're like, maybe we should make it a half year. And then they sell out in four weeks, and it's like, oh, my God, just make it a year-round beer. It's selling like crazy. It's yeah. this incredible uh, space they get to test in, and I assume you guys get to do that at your tap room too. Absolutely. Yeah, but, the, the, the okay, I'm going to play devil's yeah. advocate. Look at Bourbon County Stout. Right? Right. I mean, yeah, it, it's it, the pinnacle of limited release. And Ryan has 500 people lined up the morning of Black Friday to buy this beer. Yeah, it's, it's, right? it's, it's, uh, it is, it is the, uh, <laughs> quintessential hype beer really but it lives up to every bit of it a lot of these beers don't these days yeah. and uh i think we should, should maybe hit on you know bourbon county real quick too you haven't you haven't been with goose through one of those uh releases yet but you guys are probably already talking about it for 2019 and and uh um just expectations there is there any anything new to know or anything that could be talked about yet or do we have to wait a little while longer i i wish i had a lot to tell you i don't know much other than uh, I heard from my boss yesterday that um, it's variants. It's going to taste like key lime pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry. Okay. No. All right. Maybe not. <laughs> Go ahead. An interesting twist. Right. Sorry, Tina. Go ahead. Uh, everyone will probably know right right when I do um, what, the, what the variant list looks like for okay. Bourbon County, which is what uh, most folks get really excited about. Um, and that should be probably either end of this month or early August is when that will be released. That's crazy. Um, I know that labels have been... Uh, sent off for approval, but everything else is, uh, you know, what we get to do. I mean, Reese has already heard this story about 500 times. We get to tell Tina this great story. So Ryan had his bachelor party in Chicago. We were there for a Bears game. Yeah, help me with the date. It was was it September? Mm, it was it was uh yeah it was I think it was late September, September yeah. early it was right October before the Cubs were uh, that's in, right in the playoffs. So right? yeah. we we go there. We're going to go to a Bears game. I'm flying in to to, to hang with my boy. We find this bar. Bought what six blocks away from Soldier Field? Yeah, about that. End of September, early October, and we found a, a place that actually had Bourbon County still on tap. And we said, "Holy crap, we've struck the mother load!" Mm -hmm. And we stayed there a little bit longer than we probably <laughs> well, we, we quickly found it was like a not only was it a great bachelor party beer, but it's a great breakfast beer oh, too. You know, it just absolutely. sets you up for a wonderful day. <laughs> <laughs> you forget all about lunch. Yeah. Yeah. So no one's going to do this humble brag, but I'll do it for you. Uh, Ryan, because at, you at Elevated, you sometimes get 
more than your fair share of beers because you're so dedicated to the craft scene, right? I wish it was that easy, but okay. Yeah, we're, we're, is it not? But I mean, you'll, uh, you know, you're maybe not getting as much as somebody else that sure. has 50 locations in town, yeah. but you're getting an awful lot and you curate these things. You, you pay attention to the beers that are coming in. Mm-hmm. You've often had these, what's your curator sale or your one-off sale that you have? Oh, the seller sale. The seller yeah. sale. So you'll hold some back for something special. Let's talk about that a little bit. How, how you, because you're so great, you get more. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you're putting me on the spot. And there's not a whole lot of truth to that, really. Um, Isn't there? I, I, there I'd, is. I'd like to say that, you know, just, you know, our passion for craft beer would be enough to get us extra beer, but it's really not. I mean, we, uh, we as a chain put up good craft beer numbers mm-hmm. throughout the market, you know? So, uh, you know, a lot of this, a lot of the allocations are volume based. And you're um, just doing a lot of volume then. And we do. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, this show helps, of sure. course, you know, just kind of getting the word out about stores and everything. That's and, the power of the beer show, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Go. So if anything, I'd say, yeah, the, the, this, this, uh, this apparatus here for the elevated stores has been huge for us over the past six years in terms of just, uh, creating awareness and, and educating and, and even creating some demand that we would call, you know, more, um, I don't know, uh, people that maybe w- wouldn't be in our direct area that come to see us, sure. right? So they're um, driving past other liquor stores exactly, to, get to, you, to go yeah. out of their way. Yeah. And we've seen that, especially on Sundays too, right? A lot of liquor stores have been hurt by Sunday sales, but I feel like that's a day where if someone really wants to go find something special, they can mm-hmm. come find, they can come to elevate it a lot easier sure. with that extra they have time. Some time. They don't yeah. have to get to work. Yeah. It's not about convenience as sure. much anymore. So, um, but speaking of the seller sale, what I will say about that is that we've seen, we've, we've always held really extensive seller sales, but we've seen a decline in demand for sellerable beers over the past few years now. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot more money is being kind of channeled into these, these really hoppy, really expensive, hazy beers and things like that. And there's less demand for, for those sellerable beers, except for Goose Island, Bourbon County Stout. And I'm not just saying that because you guys are here. Like, oh, that's I, be- the truth. I believe I mean, it. That's it's like, a perennial. It's really the one that still just gets people really excited and they're happy to drink it now. They put it away and they actually drink it later. Because mm-hmm. that's one thing a lot of people got burned on with selling beers was they would put these beers away, spend a lot of money on them, and then they they forget about them. They don't sure. drink them. And then they're like, okay, I got to do something here. But Goose Island, Bourbon County Stout still to this day draws huge crowds and is, uh, is is really great. I have a theory on what you just said, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, but is it because not only has the beer, the, the, the decline now of the cellarable, cellarable yeah, yeah. beers, is it is it a two-part thing in that the beer consumer in general has become so much more sophisticated and knowledgeable about the product, but also that a lot of the beers, Goose Island, case in point, they're just getting better. Yeah. Is that a big part no, of it? No, I think it's a huge part of it. I think you nailed it on the head. And, See? Uh, I yeah. said something smart, you're, you're, Mike. You have a tendency to do that, man. <laughs> well, they don't make a cellarable a session beer. Right. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Which would be kind of great. You know, well, be the beers fun. that are drawing the most hype right now need to be drank right, right now. Sure. Yeah. They, so they're fresh for ex- the exactly. two months or whatever. Yeah. Right? And I would argue that a lot of those beers that were cellarable or are cellarable should be drank right now, too. Okay. You know, because I mean, you know, you're getting what the brewer intended at that point. Sure. You don't really know what's going to happen to it, you know, sitting in your basement for two years. So, Tina, know? do they age a lot when you cellar a beer? And, you know, a, a wine will age because it has tannins and random stuff in it. But does beer still age when you cap it off? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more with what Ryan said. You know, when when these beers are released, um, you know, they're pulled pulled from the barrels and packaged when the brewers determine that they're ready, when it's like, this is awesome mm-hmm. right now. Does that mean it's going to be awful in a year or two? Absolutely not. Um, you know, and, and with your cellaring as well, 
uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're not storing it in sunlight. There's not a bunch of temperature, you know, things like that. On the top of your refrigerator where it's hot as can be. Or even the packaging itself could be unreliable, right? Absolutely. So you don't know if that was capped properly or if it's oxidizing. Yep. Yeah, a lot of variables. Yeah, well, and that's actually a good thing to ask Tina, too. I mean, you went from a small cellar with a smaller brewery here in Minnesota to looking at what Goose has with their large, large cellar. I mean, what was that transition or how did you feel about that when you walked into the cellar room in, in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, so I'd been to uh, to the barrel warehouse at Goose Island before starting this job. Um, and it is, I mean, every time I go there, it's just magical to be in Thanks, that Mike. room. Um <laughs> I mean, it's it's just a forest of barrels in there. It's so you, incredible. You you came from a position where you were a brewer to now where you're more a position of sales. Do you walk through the brewery and look at some people and say, hey, you know, you could uh, do that? I mean, does, does, is there a part of you? I've got to believe there's a part of you that misses that part of the job. Uh, I mean, I definitely, there's definitely aspects of brewing that I miss. I mean, as far as. I walk into a place like Goose Island, I'm like, what What could I learn as a brewer <laughs> sure. from these people? Sure. I mean, and I have uh, some friends that are brewers there, actually a few very talented um, female brewers that have uh, have been with Goose Island for a while. You'd um, assume they'd get the best of the best, right? Absolutely. I mean, people, yeah. yeah. I was going to mention, too, the, the Twins were in Chicago over the weekend playing the White Sox, so I watched a fair amount of those games. And one of the banner ads that, that ran behind home plate, which I thought was – so on point and so cool. It was just said Goose Island. It said Chicago's beer. Yeah, I thought that's a really cool banner ad. I almost texted, but I then I <laughs> I had too much to drink and then I forgot about it. But I thought that was really cool. It's it's simple and yet says a, a ton. Yeah, I'm gonna ask a really deep dork question. Right. So Reese, you're with the distributor, correct? And so you have this big catalog of fantastic beers. How much time and effort do you give to a Goose Island when you know they're going to be probably fairly successful in this market? I mean, how is it, you know, you get somebody brand new that has uh, 4,000 barrels a year. How, how are you breaking off your time to, to give everybody their fair shot? Yeah, that's a little bit of a difficult question. Um, we have, you know, somebody, we'll take Goose, for example, that um, for the most part sells itself. We love the new products coming in and out, good price point. Um Things like that, but we did see a little bit of a decline because, as you said, we have multiple SKUs in sure. our portfolio, and we need a concentration on a brand like this. But then we were very lucky to get somebody like Tina in the market who can now go out and she's sampling the beers and getting the placements and stuff that we haven't necessarily been able to do just on our own because so our portfolio she's with is Goose, so and you have a team of guys out there selling Correct. Goose and blank and blank and blank. Yes, so she's training your team Correct. to, hey, here's what Goose does, and here's why you should keep selling us, and mm-hmm. so on. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. I wanted yeah, to make that Yeah, no, clear. I mean, that's, you're right on point. I mean, that's oh. exactly what it is. It is, um, I, you know, I always feel bad for my guys. They have so many SKUs that they need to try to sell. You know, we're a beverage company. It's not just beer anymore either, so mm-hmm. uh, full beverage company, so we know, you know, somebody like Goose at the large amount of volume we spend a good amount of time talking about and making sure we get good distribution on, but... So with that you know, being a beverage, it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Being a beverage <laughs> company, do you have any uh, hard seltzers? Do you have like, yeah. so who do you have? What what do you have? Um, we have uh, Bond and Viv is from Anheuser-Busch. We have uh, Liftbridge that just came out. I don't know if you guys have tried mm. any of that yet, but that's a big one. Just um, had a, a couple weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Yep. Oscar Blues has a boozy water okay. as well that we've been selling. Are you um, seeing that just explode in the craft market? You know, or, or is White Claw still holding on to it? Yeah. The, you know, the Oscar Wild Basin has done really yeah, well. Yeah. And we've just got started on that honestly 
just like beer within that category, if you don't make a good product, it's not going to sell. Okay. So you have, you know, a ton of marketing and low price points and a WC, as you said, mm-hmm. or White Claw. We don't like sure. to say it out loud because <laughs> direct competition. Yeah. You got to sure. have some sort of, uh, sure. you know, competitive nature. Um, you but call white crap or something. Yeah, <laughs> but I encourage people to go and try all the different ones. You know, some of them have better quality control and, you know, try them out. Even if you're paying a little bit more, you're not afraid to pay a little bit more for a good beer. Right. So, right. but it, it is interesting to watch that section of the industry kind of boom the way mm-hmm. craft beer did a, a few years ago, yeah. because like, for instance, I, I think a lot of people know that I have a, a part-time bartending job. It was the number one thing that was being asked because especially as as the temperatures you know rose that's just what mm-hmm. a lot of people guys too guys included it wasn't just females yeah. oh, that were sure. looking for something like some that some of the yeah. biggest beer geeks we've had on the show say they love it mm-hmm. so yeah. that's saying something and and they're brewers yeah. and they're drinking it on their own so you know that so many more craft people are going to have mm-hmm. to figure it out i don't know what white claw is taking uh, ryan out WC, of your stores wc, WC. i don't know <laughs> what okay. it's taking out of your stores but it's becoming a category that's in yeah. demand i'd assume I mean, they they, they kind of really built the category along mm-hmm. with truly um they and took, they're, and they're took still, over a lot of space from beer too yeah, so there's, there's they're still mm-hmm. they're still king of that category and 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 you know, it'll probably remain that way for a little while, but I think there's a lot of opportunity. It is, it is something kind of uh, just well, pun intended. It's an untapped shocking. market. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's uh, it does have a lot of crossover. I think mm-hmm. that beer drinkers like it, and you know, wine drinkers like it. Everyone finds it somewhat refreshing during the summer. So, um, it's it's a uh, yeah, it's a big deal. In fact, we have certain distributors that we work with that used to be you know 100% beer that are now like 50-50 in terms oh, really? of selling. Seltzer wow. and and actual beer and these are this is this is big distribution too. Well, so. Ryan, you know I'm a guy that on the Fourth of July I want to get started around you know, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning and I want to <laughs> drink all day. <laughs> so that's why I want to mix in a hard right. seltzer every once in a while. Yeah. Well, and you can find the Liftbridge juice box, the cranberry apple on tap too, and a lot of um, so it's one of the first to be out on tap. So you know, wind's goose coming out with theirs. We'll see. Yeah, well, speaking of like, I don't let's know. Break that's news. All let's break news on the show. No, They're going to have to. It's too big a market, right, to not follow in. But I don't think people are followers yet. I think there are still innovators because White Claws kind of came WC. out. And you're, yeah, WC, and you're it's innovating. Okay. Uh, what do we have? Uh, Third Street had that hula. Mm-hmm. Hula, yeah. And, and that is, it's totally different and totally uh, friendly to my taste buds, man. It's really, really good. And I see this as the thing that everyone's going to have to run down. It's it's just like if you don't have an IPA in your line, well, you're going to have to have a spike seltzer. Right? You, you yeah. got to do it, right? Yeah. I I don't know. I, I'd like. It seems like that right now, mm-hmm. you know. But but who knows where things go? Sometimes again, in the in the short period we've been in business, we've seen some pretty uh, phenomenal trends, you know, rise and, and fall. Absolutely. So it's it's. I think this one has legs, just like I think hazy IPAs have legs. Yeah. Because um, they're we'll soft see. and they're Time drinkable and they're sessionable right yeah. it's the the deep sours that felt like your teeth were going to grind out of your mouth those were popular for a little bit and then yeah. they went away because people said well i can only have one right but you can have like 50 white claws goose Pretty island sure. the guest here on the beer show courtesy of our friends at elevated beer at wine and spirits two tastings as i mentioned earlier this friday five to seven in south minneapolis this saturday three to five in white bear lake so tina i want to get back to the beer at Goose Island, you mentioned a couple of them. The one that's in the, oh, is it an orange can? I have my contacts in, so Red I can't can. tell. Red can, okay. Uh, I'm seeing a name, Old Man Grumpy. Yes. Tell o- me. OMG. <laughs> old, old Man Grumpy. Um, this is an excellent uh, American pale ale. Um, in my opinion, incredibly balanced, true to style. Um, 
it's probably going to be the uh, it's definitely the darkest, probably a bit more medium bodied than the other two we've tasted today, the Paper Umbrella and the Next Coast. Um, but just an excellent, excellent beer. Got Is its it... name from uh, from the brewmaster, Grouchy Brewmaster, <laughs> Goose. Um, uh, yeah. Is it is this uh, new to the market now? Is this is this just being released, or has it been out for a while? It's been out for a little while, Reese. Okay. Yeah, we've had it for about six months now. Okay, so. gotcha. Yep. So I was I was going to ask when something's a little bit heavier, mm-hmm. the sales for that tend to die down a little bit in the summertime, or does you it know, not really make that much of a difference? Goose has thrown some different sixteen ounce cans, which is kind of their bread and butter for the most part in the Minneapolis St. Paul area. Um, but Old Man Grumpy is stuck and. It's selling really well, that and Next Coast, and we're really excited about the Paper Umbrella, too. I think all three of those are going to continue. I mean, you consistently see the regular IPA, which is one of the ones we have in 15-pack cans um, on sale, um, and 312, which is also on sale right now at Elevated. Which is still the flagship, the the, the, the gold standard, yeah. right? 312. Yeah, 312 yeah. always been. And the regular IPA is, you know, top volume for years and years and years, so we can throw all these... Fancy new stuff out there, but there's a consistent following for that green can. Yeah, and well, and speaking of the can and cans, you guys, Goose went through a little bit of a rebrand here in terms of just your 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 imagery on your cans and everything. And it, isn't it great? It looks fantastic. It does I look mean, cool. Yeah, it's it's so it's so much more just fresh and and relevant to to what we're seeing these days. And I I feel like that's gone a long way with uh, just kind of making people see Goose again. Are you guys noticing that in the marketplace? This rebrand taking an effect? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it looks. I, I, the cans look insanely sharp um, on the shelves. Even the uh, even the cases. Um, the paper umbrella packaging is beautiful. Um, yeah. It's just it's tropical and gorgeous and insanely eye catching. Well, and, and and honestly, what I I find myself, you know, when we started doing this, when I started really becoming a craft beer consumer, I bought mostly bottled beer. Now I rarely buy bottled beer anymore. It's mostly canned beer. And it has nothing to do with the amount of uh, damage that's going into my recycling bin. That has nothing to do with it whatsoever. It's harder to carry out to the curb. <laughs> but it but, should uh, be. But, yeah. You know, for me personally, I mean, I'm wearing my baseball uniform. We can't bring bottled beer to the ballpark. It's yeah. things like that where I just, I that's pretty much all mm-hmm. I buy now is canned craft beer. That's that, That's exactly what we're seeing, too. Now I'm going to look at this. Everybody's going, talking. okay, Reese, I have a really weird question. And oh, outside boy. of Goose Island. <laughs> it, so you Don't guys distribute a whole bunch again. of lines. This is a deep, deep question. <laughs> okay. Is any line in this market, do we sell way different than what the national averages are, right? Do we have like, like Goose Island, if there are 312 is number one everywhere across the nation, but here it's fourth because something else is, is there any brand that you have that we, because our taste buds are just different here in Minnesota, that we sell way more of something different than their mainstay line? Can you think of something like that? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty easy answer for me outside of Goose, but underneath the Anheuser-Busch umbrella, Mick Golden Light, we still oh, sell yeah. over 90% of that beer in the state of Minnesota, whereas... Is that right? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, just, that's whereas, a, it's a Minnesota brand, It's period. a Minnesota brand, whereas um, <laughs> Michelob Ultra has taken off like crazy across the nation, and it's still picking up a yesterday. lot here. But um, yeah, we just Gold Light. How many different mm-hmm. states is Mick Golden Light in? Because now um, you really got me curious. Yeah, we're. I think it's in five now. 
And yep. 90% of it is sold in the state yeah, of Minnesota. Yeah, in the state of Minnesota. Yeah, That's and, crazy. and you guys have something else to look forward to coming this fall. We'll have some new packaging on that as well, something totally different. So, you a know. 43 and a third pack. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, no, but uh, it's uh, really nice and clean and neat and, you know, like kind of like what Goose did. You know, you need to have that update or people forget about now I wonder, uh, my two brothers, how much of a percentage of that has related to them. Because that's pretty much all they got mm-hmm. is Mick Golden right. Light. Yep. Golden Light. Yep. Reese, while we're on the topic of, I guess, your your book, we probably should let uh, let the audience know a little bit about this new release that you guys have today, oh, yeah. too. This is, a, this is a big deal, and I'm, I'm pumped about it. So what's going on with Three Floyds? Yeah, so we're just uh, launching Three Floyds this week. Um, we only got a couple different brands from them to start with. Um, our uh, Gumball Head, um, their wheat beers in uh, 12 ounce six packs, and the Alpha King is in 16 ounce four packs. Um, and Three Floyds, you haven't seen much in cans at all. This is kind of their first time rolling out cans, so we're pretty pumped about that. What What is Three Floyds? Does everybody know who that is? First of all, stop. Yes. Let me reset the table yeah. here because the second that you said that, I, I grabbed my phone, but then realized I can't text right now because I got to pay attention to the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that I work with, the mayor, Joe Sushrik, Raj Logic, he has family that lives in Chicago, and he texted me with a picture of three Floyds. He said, hey, dummy, what the bleep is this beer? It's amazing. So really? <laughs> the fact that it's coming to this market is going to make him very, very happy. So it's a Chicago yeah. brand. Does yep. everybody know that? It's of actually course, Indiana, right? Indiana. Oh, it is. Yep. Gary. Right, right across the border. <laughs> yeah, right across the border, okay. yeah. Okay. So, so it I might think be they... really Gary, Indiana. Right, could, yeah. correct. No, is it Munsing or? Munster. 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 Yep. Yeah. But the kind of the connection um, for here is um, uh, Todd, ha- Todd Haug, if you guys remember who that is, was with Surly. And yes. he went to Three Floyds, and that's. Um, he's the ex oh, of sure. the Axeman yep, Todd. Correct. Okay. Yep. So, okay. And then he also helped uh, launch Warpigs, which we are carrying in our portfolio as well, along with the Mickler brand. So those three are kind of a three-handed monster and getting three Floyds in this market is awesome. Um, we're not exactly sure what's going to stay or what's not going to stay. So get out there and get what you can right now. We might not get a, another delivery for a while. I know so. you mentioned it. So forgive me for asking again, when is the release date for three Floyds it's, in this market? It's this right week. now. Oh, yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And there's yeah. not a ton of it. So, so you Ryan, know. you'll, you'll be, you'll get your chunk of it and people are going to come in saying, I want that right now. Right. In okay. fact, we got it on Tuesday yeah. and I know that, that we didn't have very much left as of today. Sure. So, so whatever is, you do, come into the shop. You just won't be able to buy it. <laughs> well, <laughs> but still get, come in. Reese, we will get to see a lot more of it as, Down the, as road. the year yes. wins As on they're here. able to, you know. But this market, I know because of the, like I was mentioning earlier, just to how sophisticated and knowledgeable beer fans are, if that's a really good beer and Todd's a big name in this industry, it's going to do very well in this market, I have to imagine. Yeah, it definitely will. Um, they do well, I think, everywhere they are, so... It's just a matter of them keeping up. So that's why, you know, again, getting back to our friend over here, Tina, that um, we have people like Goose that can consistently get us quality product that we don't have to worry about inventory in and out. You can always get it. And yeah, we're lucky to have them. Did we mention, by the way, Ryan, that they are the featured beer of the month or did I miss that part? Mm -hmm. We mentioned it, but let's mention it again. Yeah, we've got got 15 packs of Goose Island on sale throughout the entire month of July, uh, $12.99. Which is just that's crazy. Uh, maybe the best deal uh, available in, in craft beer in the states or in the state right now. Um, we should make mention though of a new addition to the Goose Island kind of family um, in Virtue Cider. Tina, that just launched. Was it this week or last week? Um. So kind of a couple weeks ago. Couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Vir- Virtue Cider. I guess uh, maybe coming off of you know Todd Hogg and Brewmasters kind of moving around. Um. Greg Hall, he was the brewmaster at Goose Island for 20 years and the creator of Bourbon County Stout. Um, you know, his 
Father John Hall was the founder. Um, I guess he had he had bugged uh, his dad John quite a bit while he was at Goose about doing some cider while he was there, and John finally caved. Cons- he you know he consistently <laughs> said, said no. Said no. Yeah. Go said open no. your own company. So uh, yeah. So so Greg left Goose. Um, he actually went to uh, to Europe. Kind of travel around France and England, learning about uh, kind of more traditional farmhouse style ciders um, over there. Came back to the States and opened up Virtue in Fenville, Michigan, uh, which isn't too far from the lake. It's about a two-hour drive from Chicago, or you can take the the ferry across as well. Um, Yeah, so Virtue is very much staying true to that farmhouse style cider making. Um, They have a farm. They have a bunch of pigs and <laughs> lambs and, uh, you know, an orchard, uh, just a beautiful property out there. Um, all of the ciders uh, or everything hits or is at least blended with a cider that hits neutral French oak. So um, a lot of barrel aging. Why do you suspect well. the resistance for so long? If you want to take a take a stab at, because I, I I'm yeah. always curious about that because obviously, you know when you're when you've been doing this as long as he was, it, and then uh, you want to stay true to your roots and what got and what made you what you are. I get that part of it, but knowing that you have to adapt um, as a brewery just to keep up. We were just talking about Spike Seltzer and everything else. I'm just curious why. Yeah, you know, and I I don't know for sure. I haven't okay. talked to either John or or Greg personally about about that but we'll just you know, wildly speculate of, <laughs> no, i'm kidding <laughs> well a lot of breweries i mean the same same with uh you know with with breweries that maybe want to do seltzers right now yeah, they but don't want to ruin the beer brand it's like sure. they're selling beer not sure. that, uh, you no. know that as well as you know the growing pains of, of breweries as well just struggling to keep up with demand which is a good problem to have but you only have so much time and space and tanks available for for your beer. Now, you know that the biggest question I have with this cider, mm-hmm. is it Jackie approved at Elevated? I can I can say that it is. <laughs> okay, yes. good. I, I just got word on that. Uh, yeah, huge hit with Jackie. And and right now, we've got the mix pack available, and that's that's a 12-pack. Uh, talk about what's in there, because uh, that, that's that's all the offerings. I'm looking at this, at this label of Virtue Cider Rosé screams everybody who loves cider yeah. on the female side. They all love rosé. They all love cider, right? That that packaging just screams perfection yeah. for it's, it's many people. It's a great look, for yeah. sure. And yeah. Um, so, I'll, so I do have uh, the rosé here with me, but I'll talk a little bit about the variety pack that's available, which is just an excellent offering. Um, it's called the Michigan Series Variety Pack. So 100% uh, Michigan apples that are pressed on site at the farm. Um, you know, there's no... Other weird adjuncts, juices, there's no added sugar in any of the ciders. Um, everything's barrel-aged um, and made by cider makers, not folks who are brewing beer on Tuesdays right. and uh, cider on Thursdays. I mean, they're cider makers that are very passionate and dedicated to their craft. Um, so there's four, you get three cans of four different um, types of cider in the variety pack. Starting, I'll start with driest to sweetest. Uh, we got the Brute. Zero grams of sugar in the brute. Wow. Doesn't get any drier than that. Um, even for those folks that think they don't like a super dry cider. So it's um, going to almost finish like a champagne. Then. Exactly. That's yeah. actually, I've used it as a champagne replacement hmm. at home. I don't like champagne, but after some gardening on the weekends, <laughs> I mix that with a little orange juice. There you go. <laughs> my weekend mimosa with the cider. Um, so yeah, zero grams of sugar in that one, 6.7%. Sneaky Dangerous, kind of like that next coast. 
as far as its drinkability. Um, and then we got the Michigan Apple, uh, which is a semi-sweet cider, just showcasing those beautiful uh, cider-making apples in Michigan. Um, kind of a little sidebar here. There's kind of three main areas of the United States that are the best regions for cider-making apples to grow. That's Michigan, Washington State, and New York State, just because those regions have climates that mimic those of England and France, where some of the best cider-making apples in the world grow. The Ooh, spitters. Yeah. Kind of why, the uh, spitters. Yep. That's what they call them, Reavers. Don't get all dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of swallowers, you don't swallow those because they're so bitter. Oh, my God. You have to, they're, they're called spitter apples. <laughs> sure. FYI, that's what I've learned in six years of the show. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We, have, we have excellent apples here in Minnesota. They're, there's much better culinary apples. You sure. Know, you want to pick one up, take a bite, bake it into a pie, whatever. Uh, so we got the brute. The um, Michigan apple, which is a semi-sweet, and then we got two on the sweeter end. Um, one of my personal favorites is the Michigan cherry. Uh, so using Michigan apples and Michigan cherries, which tend to be a bit more tart and sour, just kind of helps balance out that sweetness. I call it liquid cherry pie. Nice. It reminds me exactly of the uh, the cherry pies my grandma would make for uh, Thanksgiving for my dad or whatever, growing up. Yeah. Yep, yep. Nice. For his birthday, he was that was always his uh, his favorite pie, it's cherry pie. So um, then we got Michigan honey. So using honey um, from Michigan as well. That one's going to be sweeter as well, but again, only um, 16 grams of sugar in that one compared to some other national cider brands that have a bunch of added sugar. And I want to say the average is maybe 22 grams of sugar on oh, wow. average for some of those. Um, so. So is that a national brand now, or is that just kind of slowly moving outside of Michigan? Yeah, so slowly, slowly making its way, uh, way out there. Obviously, you know the Midwest is um, the primary sales yeah, area. Most, okay. most of uh, virtue available right now can be found in uh, in Chicago and in Michigan. Okay, um, and they're expanding the farm as well, kind of putting in a, a new building just because they're they're growing. I mean, it really is. How scalable? How cider, scalable is it? I mean, if if yeah. you if you're if every can of cider is seeing a barrel at some point, and you know this is this is kind of more of a uh, artisanal type approach. Is this something that you guys can go fully national with? Yeah. So as far as the barrel the barrel aging goes, not every single. So it's touching the wood, not necessarily the barrel. Well, nope. So there's an entire kind of building on the, on the farm that's dedicated to the barrel aging. There's a lot of blending that happens. Okay. So um, might be half of it is hits that neutral, you know, French oak and then is blended with some stuff that's been in stainless. Okay. As well. So um, that certainly helps, but I think there's definitely some growing pains there too, just because it is such um, a premium quality product. And I'm hoping that, you know, a lot of, especially on-premise places, bars and restaurants, will start treating craft cider the way they treat craft, craft beer. beer yep. I mean, you know, you've got this amazing lineup of, of incredible beers, local and, you know, regional, national, and you got Angry Orchard on tap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Like, come on, we can, Step up your we can game. do better. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. So, Tina, Reese, if people want to find out more information about Goose Island, where they can find the beers, uh, things of that nature, and all the new stuff that's uh, available, where they, they can do that online, I'm assuming, correct? Absolutely. Online, as well as a great, great uh, opportunity this summer to come out and taste a bunch of stuff. Um, August 3rd, it's a Saturday. Yeah. Um, Goose is hosting a big, uh, big party at CHS Field. 
Um, so we will have Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, Broken Social Scene. Cool. Um, the Current will be there um, with NPR. A uh, bunch of beer, a bunch of food. Um, just come out and hang out, party with us. Tickets are 25 bucks only. Awesome. And uh, Ryan, yep. uh, you're looking forward to these two tastings since it's, they're right back in your hometown. I am, yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun to have these guys in the shop. It always is. Uh, that'll be 5 to 7 at the Minneapolis store tomorrow night, and then Saturday 3 to 5 on uh, three to five at the Wiper Lake store. And I will mention, you know, we'll have the full goose lineup. <clears throat> Excuse me, but we will also have virtue cider available to taste too. Because so, as she mentioned too, uh, yeah. the, the the craft the craft cider scene is seeing a, a, an expansion too, just like craft beer did a few years ago. Yeah, and this is that that variety twelve pack is a great uh, accompaniment to your your festivities this weekend too. And we'll have the rosé and six packs. Cool, awesome, thanks, man. Thank you, uh, thank you. Gooseisland.com. Also, you guys have a great Twitter account too that oh, I follow. Yeah. So you guys oh, are yeah. you guys and are Instagram. all over social media yeah. and Instagram. I'm not an Instagram guy, but I trust you. They're great. <laughs> awesome, Michael Rivers. You're the best. Thank you, sir. If you missed any portion, please check out the podcast. You can find it online at scorenorth.com. And as Ryan mentioned, two tastings this weekend: Friday from five to seven, Saturday from three to five. For Mike Fredaloni, my name is Chris Rivers. We will talk to you again next Thursday night. Happy Fourth of July. Happy anniversary to the beer show. Cheers.